This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. It is finally Friday, the 16th day of February, 2024. And if you're up for a chuckle, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. No, we're not going to talk about the game itself. We're not going to talk about the referee scandal. We're not going to talk about the Roger Goodell saying he's going to hopefully get right back there to Vegas real soon, knowing that the next Super Bowl will be held in filthy, disgusting New Orleans, Louisiana. Nope. They decided to take the opportunity at this year's Super Bowl to do something that hasn't been done in a really, really long time. Now, what is that, you might ask? The Super Bowl is over. Tay-Tay is back to jet-setting with her massive carbon footprint. Her bipolar football player boyfriend got away with a verbal beatdown of his head coach on national television. The commercials that showed up during the big game get repeated over and over and over if they got good ratings. And traditionally, the President of the United States of America grants an exclusive interview to the network that broadcasts the game so that he can get a sneaky message in in front of the largest television audience of the year. But this year, notably absent from the traditional interview on CBS, there was no interview with President Biden. This year, more Americans watched the big game than ever before in history, but gropey Joe Biden declined to grant an interview to the liberal Democrat Party-friendly leftist mainstream progressive woke liberal media network, CBS. Which begged the question, why? Because despite being liberal and leftist leaning, is there supposedly still a shred of journalistic ethics somewhere in the hallowed halls of the former network of Walter Cronkite? Did many Americans miss out on something big by not seeing the groper in cheat? I don't know, because he didn't do the interview. Many Americans would have demanded that Joe Biden have to answer some pretty tough questions had he granted the interview. Now, either the big game was going on during Biden's nap time, or maybe he was in one of his famous foul moods. Or more likely, the Democratic political party, Biden's puppet masters, and some other undisclosed reason kept the groper and cheat off of the small screen for this highly anticipated interview. But don't worry. Joe Biden did make a pre-recorded political speech that was aired to warn you about an evil that has gripped the United States of America. Did he talk about his border disaster and the millions of illegal criminal law-breaking trespassing migrants who crossed the border? No, 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 no. Did he speak about what he has done to the economy with empty shelves, inflation, recession, and high interest rates? No, 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 no. Did he talk about how he has weakened our entire U.S. military by allowing DEI programs to be much more important than, oh, I don't know, munitions? No, 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 no. Did he talk about the racism and the division in the country that he has wrought? Of course not. Did he talk about any of the other things that he has ruined? No, he didn't. Biden took time to warn you about the evil capitalist for-profit corporations who dared to reduce the size of products while keeping the prices the same. He mentioned shrinkflation which is, by the way, a direct effect of Bidenomics, of Joe Biden's economic policies. 
He says shrinkflation is the problem and he's going to put a stop to it. He's going to get to the bottom of it. Now, for those of you who have been living in a cardboard box for the last 30 years and may not know the definition of shrinkflation, I'll give it to you. Shrinkflation is the process by which a company reduces the size or quantity or volume of a product and keeps the price the same. So you don't realize you're paying the same thing for less product, which equates to you're actually paying more per unit. Joe Biden refuses to accept the fact that it is his economic policies that have brought on this shrinkflation. Joe Biden's policies have caused companies to either A, raise prices for their existing size products to match Joe Biden's over now 18% average inflation since taking office, or B, reduce the size of products in response to Joe Biden's three-year run-up of inflation, of high interest rates, of Bidenomics. Yes, Joe Biden, the feeble-fingered pedophile president, chose the Super Bowl in a pre-recorded commercial, and God knows how many takes it took for him to read those teleprompters. He took that time to blame evil corporations for the fact that his carton of ice cream is smaller. Hey, Garson, cue up cut number two there. It is Joe Biden ice cream. I think that's the title of it. I want you, my Truth Hurts program listeners, to listen to Joe Biden as he tries to blame everyone for himself for the economic mess he caused. And listen to him fumble, mumble, stumble, stutter, and stammer over these very simple words that are 100% lies. It's Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. I'm calling on companies to put a stop to this. Let's make sure businesses do the right thing now. There it is, my friends. President Joe Biden using the term shrinkflation to criticize businesses and to try and counter the criticism of the American public against his own economic failures. He said, while you were Super Bowl shopping, did you notice smaller than usual products where the price stays the same? Folks are calling it shrinkflation and it means companies are giving you less for every dollar you spend. I'm calling on the big consumer brands to put a stop to it. Now, his focus on basic grocery store staples aims to connect with the voters' frustrations, acknowledging the impact of his inflation on everybody's everyday purchases. Biden said, American public is tired of being played for suckers. George Washington University School of Media and Public Affairs Director Peter Loge said, the economy is getting better, he lied. But people don't experience the economy. They experience buying groceries. I think what the president is trying to do is to tell voters, you know, I'm with you on this. I know how this feels and I can't change the law, but maybe together we can call out these companies for trying to take advantage of you. When I'm at the grocery store, I'm not thinking, well, thank goodness for macroeconomic trends. 
This Professor Loge is another one of those academics paid for by your tax dollars who does not know what the real world is all about. Senator Focahontas Elizabeth Warren tried to defend Biden by saying, you ever go for the last chip in a Dorito bag and then suddenly say, whoa, there should have been more chips in here? You would be right. From Doritos to Oreos to even toilet paper, these big corporations are shrinking how much they give us, but they're charging the same amount or sometimes even more. Economist Ryan Young said shrinkflation is real, but it's not a partisan issue. Shrinkflation is part of the great COVID inflation. Now they're trying to blame COVID. They tried to blame the corporations. Now they're trying to blame COVID. They're trying to blame Republicans. They're trying to blame Donald Trump. And of course, they're calling you stupid because you won't call Frito-Lay or Procter & Gamble and complain. Ryan Young is that economist. He said, if the Biden administration wants to stop shrinkflation, it has to get inflation under control. That means the government's spending less. The Federal Reserve also needs to restrain itself the next time there's an economic downturn. He also claims the economy's in good shape and that Biden's remarks risk scaring voters into thinking the economy's not in good shape. Listen, folks, macroeconomics might look a little bit better this month than they did last month, but not by much. But your personal economy is the only one that matters. Your economy, your wallet that has less money in it, your cupboard that has less goods in it. And it's not because of a greedy company. It's because of Biden's inflation and the fact that he has printed trillions of dollars of worthless money to cover his hush money trail in the Ukraine, sending hundreds of billions of dollars of your money to fight a war for a nation that is not even an ally of the United States of America. Republicans are rightfully dismissing Biden's attacks on the shrinkflation he created, attributing the inflation to the excessive government spending and Federal Reserve policies. Biden is calling on corporations to pass savings on to consumers and address concerns about rising prices. Well, let me tell you what Corrine Jean-Pierre the quota hire, the little French dip who only got her job because she checked off three boxes on Biden's DEI wish list. She's a female, she's a lesbian, and she's Blafrican American. She said, quote, We get that prices are still kind of hurting Americans, but what we have seen is that prices have gone down for eggs, for milk, for seafood, and that's important. They are lower than where they were a year ago. And we know that's not enough. Well, guess what? They're still exponentially higher than they were when Donald Trump was the president. You cannot lie your way or blame your way out of the economic disaster that you have created, Joe Biden. It's time for you to wake up and smell the cafe au lait at the French market. And that white powder isn't donut sugar on your son's lip. I can promise you. You're listening to the Truth Hurts program. Switching gears to the Joe Biden-induced lie of man-caused climate change, global warming, and the so-called demand that we get rid of gasoline and diesel-powered vehicles. The very liberal city of Sacramento, California, has proposed a ban on building new gas stations or upgrading existing gas stations unless contractors meet certain conditions. Got an old gas pump that needs to be replaced? Not unless you do something else. As part of the city's recently issued 2040 general plan, 
service providers will not be able to construct or upgrade gas stations unless the locations add a 50 kilowatt or greater direct current fast charger for electric vehicles at a ratio of one charging station for each gasoline nozzle. You heard me correctly. If you have, for example, let's just use Bucky's. Let's use Bucky's in Baytown, Texas. At Bucky's in Baytown, some of the pumps have two nozzles, one for diesel and one that will pump any one of three grades of unleaded gasoline. So 125 pumps with two nozzles each would mean that if Bucky's were to try and build a new gas station in Sacramento, California, they would have to add 250 electric vehicle charging outlets. Now, we all know that's not cheap, and that would come at the expense to Bucky's. Under the plan, Sacramento will deny existing gas stations any permits if they don't contain the outlined direct current fast charger electric vehicle infrastructure. California is the leading state in the U.S. regarding EV model registrations and charging locations. Other cities with a similar ban pending, Los Angeles, San Diego, and San Francisco. A coalition of gasoline station and convenience store owners in California, known as the California's Fuel and Convenience Alliance, said in a letter, quote, It is disheartening to see yet another city consider a regressive policy that disproportionately harms small minority businesses and consumers the most, unquote. You want to get gas and you want to build a new gas station in Sacramento? You want 10 pumps and they have two nozzles per pump, one for diesel and one for gasoline? Well, that means you have to have 20 electric vehicle chargers on your lot. Whereas I can go in, gas up and get the hell out of there in less than 10 to 15 minutes total. Even if I go into the restroom, wash my hands and buy a snack, electric vehicle owners will be lined up spending hours on end waiting and waiting and waiting for their cars to charge. Such a joke. James Bickerton writes in Newsweek, Joe Biden faces growing Democrat Party fury over his border crisis. A sizable majority of Democratic voters believe the Biden administration is doing a bad job of handling illegal immigration over the U.S.-Mexican border. This according to a new Pew Research Center poll. That survey found that just shy of half of Democrats or Democrat-leaning voters believe that Joe Biden's government is doing a somewhat bad job of dealing with the large number of illegal, criminal, law-breaking, trespassing migrants entering the U.S. illegally at the border with Mexico. An additional 23% answered, very bad job. When adjusted for rounding, once the undecideds were removed, this gives a total of 73 out of 100 who have a negative view of how Joe Biden is handling the border crisis. 23% of Democrat-leaning voters think the administration is doing a somewhat good job, and 3% say he's doing a very good job. Those people are either blind, stupid, or live in Nantucket, where the illegals haven't been bust yet. The proportion of Democrats who think Biden is handling the border situation badly is a substantial increase year over year from last year, which was a substantial increase from the year before. This makes 2024 
the worst Pew Research Center poll of Democrats on Biden's government's handling of the southern border since when? Oh, that's right. 2019 during the Trump administration. Way back in 2019, 84% thought that the Trump administration was doing a good job. Hmm. 58% said it was very bad of Democrats and 15% of Democrats approved of Trump's handling. Amongst Americans as a whole, 80% think the border situation is being handled badly by Biden against 18% who approve. 2% were undecided. Isn't that terrible, my friends? An article in the Daily Digest entitled, Trump could win the popular vote and that could be a problem. Well, we all know. I'm going to play something for you before I get into this article, and I think it's very important. It's going to take a couple of minutes. I want you to digest every word, though, and then I'll give you an explanation. I plucked this from News Nation, and I did not catch the reporter's name, but I think this is very important. This showdown over the border is taking the news cycle away from what the true intention of this mass migration actually seeks to achieve. What's that? Altering the electoral districts by influencing the census. Folks, when Joe Biden took office, he unilaterally started including illegal immigrants in the census. I, I know they can't vote, but that doesn't matter. Most ignored it. Most people didn't think it was a big deal, but it is. Why do you think the left is freaking out now that Republican governors have started sending the blue, the migrants that are going to deep blue cities all over the place? Why are they getting so angry about that? Because that will have the opposite effect of their plan. And, and, and when they get moved here by people like Greg Abbott, where do the Democrats send them then? Well, in New York's case, upstate. Why? That's a whole lot of red, not a lot of blue. And a mass flow of migrants to offset the census will allow Democrats to redraw congressional lines, lines that are more favorable to Democrats. It's gerrymandering in its finest, under the guise of helping poor little migrants. You don't have to win the district if you can change who's in it. Move enough people around, and you can rope big cities that vote reliably blue into previously red rural districts and turn them blue overnight. All because you changed the census, moved a couple lines around on the district without casting a single ballot. And the left is going to do this in every single state by moving huge numbers of migrants to wherever suits them to redraw these lines. And they have 20 million migrants to move around. Do that math. Each congressional district is comprised of about 750,000 people. Most districts are plus or minus one to four points in either direction during an election. Republicans hold a two-seat majority right now. If Democrats can move enough of the 20 million people to congressional districts to include one part of a densely populated liberal blue city into a red rural area like they did in Connecticut, they take back that House seat. Cities are 20 to 30 points in favor of Democrats in most places. Who cares if they have to shift 10 of those points into another district? Next. Why do you think they want work permits for migrants? Well, because you can't have illegals working on state and federal bank jobs. But what has Biden been pushing for? The largest investment in infrastructure since Dwight Eisenhower's interstate highway system. Huge, unaccountable infrastructure spending at the sole discretion of his Democrat buddies and the labor unions. What jobs will most of the migrants fill? No, they're not getting hired at Raytheon, guys. They're going to be mostly unskilled labor. Labor for big state and federal grant infrastructure jobs. Build those bridges, those highways, and other infrastructure projects in those congressional districts that Democrats want to change. Boom. You don't even need them to vote. 
The Democrats are hoping this gets totally out of control. This disarray is a feature, not a bug. They will then come to the table with what they call a compromise. And the Senate, with Mitch McConnell, has already gotten some Republicans on board with some of this stupid stuff. These are crazy initiatives, expedited work permits. Wait till this thing blows up between state and federal officials, and then they'll come in to the table and say, oh, hey, you know what, Republicans, you, you might have been right about this. this. This actually is really bad. I tell you what, we'll build a wall if you give citizenship or voting rights to all the ones that are already here. Republicans will probably cave, as they always do. I, I know it sucks, but when they do, pow, without even knowing it, they'll be eliminated from enough House seats for the next 25 years. The Democrats will control the budget, the law process, and even impeachments. And Republicans never saw it coming. This is about votes. That's all. The left has imported more than 20 million people into this country, and they're banking on a compromise from Republicans to allow massive amounts of them to vote. But the crazy thing is, they don't even need to. I just told you why. It is, in fact, that the overwhelming majority of first-time voters, new migrant citizens, vote Democrat. Now, I played that cut from News Nation to emphasize what I was getting ready to read to you out of the Daily Digest. Their article was entitled, Trump could win the popular vote and that could be a problem. You see, if Trump wins the popular vote, meaning he gets way more votes than Biden in general, and then they pull this electoral college crap to keep Trump out of office because they have strategically placed millions, not just hundreds of thousands, not just tens of thousands, but millions of illegal, criminal, law-breaking, trespassing migrants into areas throughout the country, and then through Biden's executive orders, simply included those warm bodies in the census, it would give electoral college votes to the Democrats. Former President Donald Trump could greatly boost his political fortunes if he were to win the popular vote this November. But is it possible? Newsweek looked into the chances that Trump could win it, and the findings were quite interesting. Most Americans do not fully understand how our political system works. A president is not voted into office by the people because the United States is not a direct democracy. So every time Joe Biden says the democracy's in trouble, he's just bullshitting you. We're not a democracy. We are a representative republic. A representative republic sees its citizens vote for a delegate or a representative, in our case, in the House of Representatives, who in the American system are a group of electors responsible for picking the next president. Our United States institution for this is known as the Electoral College. And the Electoral College consists of 538 individual electors, according to the National Archives, and a majority of 270 of that 538 total is needed for someone to become the president. Each state in the union, this is important, my friends, so listen up. Each state in the union has a different number of electors based on their what? Their population. Texas, for example, is a very populous state, and Texas has a lot of electoral college votes. The hope was, on Biden's part, was to pack the traditionally Republican state of Texas full of potential Democrat-leaning Hispanic migrants from around the world who have illegally, unlawfully trespassed criminally into our country in the hopes that he could turn the state blue in the Electoral College. While the electoral vote is what wins the presidency, winning the popular vote can provide a newly elected U.S. president with a mandate from the people to tackle the policy issues that that presidential candidate campaigned on. 
This might become a major problem if Trump is chosen as the Republican nominee and wins the election and the popular vote because it could allow him to try and achieve many of the goals that we want him to implement. But the scenario isn't one that's outside the realm of possibility. In a recent polling data set from NBC News in January, the former president is leading Joe Biden by at least five points. Newsweek noted this could win Trump the popular vote. But the problem is, if he wins the popular vote and somehow loses in the Electoral College, we will have another four years of Joe Biden and the puppet masters controlling him with an angry, much larger population wondering what the hell just happened. Hey, Joe Biden's been talking about the great economy and all the job growth and how he has done this, that, and the other. Biden's job growth claims are now tied to illegal immigration, according to a report. A report by the Center for Immigration Studies highlighted that President Biden's jobs record is based on the hiring of 2.9 million job-seeking illegal immigrants with a persistent 183,000 deficit in the number of actual American citizens employed when compared to 2019 when Donald Trump was the president. Rutrow, the data reveals that all of the additional jobs supposedly created under Biden since 2019 are held by illegal, criminal, law-breaking, trespassing, invading migrants, while U.S.-born workers have not even fully regained their 2019 employment levels. Biden is claiming unemployment is better, but it is only because of the vast number of illegal immigrants now working. Illegal immigrants he has allowed in, rolled out the red carpet for, and is now trying to find a way to keep them here legally. The number of U.S.-born Americans working has grown a little bit, but has yet to return to the 2019 pre-COVID levels. All of Biden's job increases were from illegal immigrants. And finally today, the city of Moose Lake, Minnesota has voted to disband its entire police force. Defund the police, you say? You got it. The city council voted to contract with the county for their law enforcement needs, according to a report out on Thursday. The city's mayor, Moose Lake City Mayor Ted Shaw, told the Star Tribune that he was disappointed by the decision and they will now have a contract with the Carlton County Sheriff's Office to provide police services. In the fall of 2023, the city council chose to reduce the size of the police force from five down to three. And then in January, two cops resigned, which left only one officer on the force. The vote to dissolve yet another police department in Minnesota comes just a few months after the city of Goodhue, a small city in the southeastern part of the state, lost its entire police force after the chief and other members of the department handed in their resignations in the month of August thanks to defunding efforts. That's okay. The sheriff's deputies will pick up the slack, right? I don't want to be around there. Okay, gang, that's uh, going to be about all the time we have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Have a great President's Day weekend. And remember, we used to have Washington's birthday and then another holiday for Lincoln's birthday, but they lumped all those white presidents into one day called President's Day so they could give a wife-beating, womanizing criminal named Martin Luther King Jr. his own holiday.
And I always celebrate Robert E. Lee's birthday for that federal holiday. But anyway, that's a story for another day. Go out there and have a great weekend. We'll see you next time on the Truth Hurts program. This episode of the Truth Hurts program is brought to you by Bidenall, the anytime mumbling, fumbling, stumbling, tumbling, muttering, fluttering, puttering, shuddering, stuttering, stammering, can't find your way off the stage to grope a little girl medicine. All right, folks, I don't usually cut in to the end of the Truth Hurts program, but I need to play for you a few seconds of Joe Biden as he says something that I find probably the most ridiculous thing he has said since taking office. Keep in mind, Joe Biden has spent more than 41% of his time as president on vacation. Remember that when you hear this clip. During a press conference, a reporter asks Joe Biden what can be done to get more ammunition to the Ukraine without Congress approving it. And this is what Joe Biden had to say. No, but it's about time they step up, don't you think? Instead of going on a two-week vacation. Two weeks. They're walking away. Two weeks. What are they thinking? My God. This is bizarre. And it's just reinforcing all the concern and, and, and almost, I won't say panic, but real concern about the United States being a reliable ally. This is outrageous. Of course, the biggest foobar of this whole conversation of Joe Biden is the Ukraine is not an ally of the United States of America. They are not a member of NATO, yet Joe Biden says about the United States being a reliable ally. Biden complaining about two weeks of vacation for Congress when he spends 41% of his time on vacation. Reminds me of that part in Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Two weeks. Two weeks. All right, gang, sorry for that extra minute and a half. Go out there and make it a great day. Have a great President's Day weekend, and we will see you next time on The Truth Hurts Program. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to The Truth Hurts Program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2024, The Truth Hurts Program Network. All rights reserved.